Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Life of an Ex-Fashion Student podcast with me, your host, Christina Eng. Today on the pod, I have a very special guest joining me, UX designer and graduating senior at the Parsons School of Design and a very close friend of mine, Sharon Kim. Sharon is a Korean-American tech YouTuber and lifestyle content creator on Instagram residing in New York City. Her YouTube channel, which if you were not subscribed to, would definitely recommend subscribing, has amassed over 20k subscribers in the past year, with over 600k views collectively. She was most recently a UX design intern at Amazon in Silicon Valley, which is a huge career accomplishment being that she's still in college. Besides her passion in tech and in UX design, Sharon also loves strength training and fitness, which is something she shares often on her Instagram, and she also loves brown sugar oat milk lattes from Starbucks, which is something we actually bonded about because that's also my all-time favorite drink from Starbucks. There isn't one time when I've had a conversation with Sharon where I didn't come out of it learning something incredibly invaluable, which is why I'm really excited for all of you to listen to the little chit-chat that I had with her recently. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Sharon Kim. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Christina. How are you today? Pretty good. How are you feeling today? Good. I even better because uh, we just went to Starbucks and yeah. got our coffee. So I know. in a good mood. <laughs> so we're feeling energetic. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a lot. I love the, the breakfast earlier too. So. Yeah. And it's a beautiful day out. So we're feeling all the vibes right now recording this podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Sharon and I have been talking about this for a long time, and, well, we haven't been talking about coming together and recording a podcast, but we've always just, whenever we, we talk or we're, we go hop on a Zoom call or on Instagram DMing each other, we always have, like, these insightful conversations, and I think after we have these conversations, we realize how much we have in common with each other and how much our lives mm-hmm. have in common with each other, so that's why, you know, one night we were just talking and we're like, what? well, why don't we just record a podcast episode together? <laughs> And then that's why we're here now. Um, and I and I slept over in the city. It was just like this spontaneous decision. We were like, what weekend? Maybe I'll just like come sleep over and we'll right. record, a, record a podcast in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing now. And yeah, this episode's going to be pretty different than, you know, the solo episodes that I put out or the interview ones because this is more like conversation led. But mm-hmm. I think it's going to be an interesting episode for you guys to gain some more insight on just like what is post-grad life look like and from someone who is about to graduate and also like what fashion design school um and parsons is about mm-hmm. i mean let's talk about where we are right now we're literally sitting on top of the parsons building <laughs> uh floor 11 to to be yes exact. and yeah. if, if any of you is like like what the hell does that mean well, Sharon, why don't you explain it? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to move out in a month anyway, so it's probably explain fine the, to say. Explain the dorming situation. Like, yeah, so I'm a RA at Cary Hall. It's one of the dormitories at Parsons. And the, what's special about this hall is this dormitory is built on top of the new school. So literally Friday thesis, I just changed into, my, into some sweatpants. I took the same elevator down to the sixth floor to take class. And I didn't have to leave the building at all, so. Yeah, and it, it's so funny because I, I okay, like, I, I don't even know if Sharon knows this, but I applied to be an RA two years in yeah, a row. Yeah, no, I've heard from... S- sophomore Kevin. and junior year, I think. Uh-huh. Just because, like, the benefits of being an RA at Parsons, because, like, think about it, living in New York City is super expensive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Be, like, the benefits are you get housing. I think you get, like, you even get paid on top of... Yeah, you get, like, a free single. Mm-hmm. It's... <laughs> 
so expensive. It's twenty seven hundred per mm-hmm. month mm-hmm. for a single room, but you also do get a free meal plan. Um, you do get paid bi weekly, and yeah, it's I think just like the benefits of also knowing security and they trust you and yeah. stuff like that yeah. is cool. And obviously, it's a lot of responsibility to be an RA. But yeah, that's mainly so. For any of you listening who are like in Parsons who are interested in that definitely reach out to Sharon more about that because she's definitely. actually an RA and she made it through the process. Very worth it. That Yeah. Let's get into Parsons. Yeah. We've there's, talked about this so many there's times. A lot to, there's a lot to talk about. Um, Sharon, can, why don't you share your experience <laughs> about being a fashion design student? Yeah. Um, I think for a lot of students, myself included, mm-hmm. Parsons is a super prestigious fashion design school. And growing up, I that was really the career path I wanted to be in. And that's why I first came to Parsons. I applied as a fashion design major, thinking this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. But um, yeah, I think just going around of doing some internships or gigs, it really was not what I expected. And yeah, it was towards the end of freshman year, beginning of sophomore year, where I decided I didn't want to do design, fashion design. And then end of sophomore year, I decided to switch industries altogether. Um, But Parsons was definitely not what I expected. And it's Mm going to sound so crazy. The first couple of weeks being here, I don't know if you felt this way. I wanted to like actually drop out. I had or thoughts of dropping out already. Yeah. Well, it's funny for me. I didn't start feeling that until like a little bit after. Yeah. But I, but I don't, I don't, but it was because I think I was forcing myself not to feel it because Hmm. if I did, like, I feel like my, I love my life would, I don't know. I just feel like I would, I was like literally closing off those thoughts and closeting it because I didn't want to think about not doing something that I had always, you know, thought of pursuing. Right, right. But no, I literally remember so vaguely, you guys, like in freshman year, Sharon was feeling all these things and you even, you made a YouTube video about it. I did. Um, I, did I archive it? I don't know. <laughs> but I did make a video. Just I, like I whole... hope you didn't archive it because it's a very like insightful video that people mm. who are in, even though it's like kind of. It was a long time ago, so maybe right. stuff has changed or whatever. Yeah. But like, it was a video about about what was what was it what was it titled? I believe it was like five reasons why I quit fashion design at Parsons. We were in the same grade, and yeah. I was in fashion design. You know, still loved it at the time. So watching that video to me was very like eye opening, and not that it not that it convinced me to stay or not to stay, mm-hmm. but it like it made me more aware. So, and I think for a lot of people, I remember during that time, Sharon, a lot of people were talking about that video. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, but who? not, not like in Catherine? a bad way. Yeah. But like all of us, like collectively, oh. no, and people in our school too. No, people no in our grade. Way. Yeah. But collectively, but not in a bad way. Not like, oh my God, like she quit. She's a quitter. Not like that. Mm. No, very, like very curious about, and also talking about how kind of like brave you are to like make that change so suddenly because it's like freshman year. <laughs> No, but anyway, so that video was very important to me. It was like a pivotal moment for me because I always think about it all the time because where I'm at now in my life, I'm like, oh, wow. If I had kind of thought about that video more and took those steps earlier on in freshman year, I could be in a totally different place than I am now. Well, I didn't know that video It was. It was was very important to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, God. I know. Okay. <laughs> no, so I was like, I'm like, I was like hoping you didn't archive it so that people no, can I, like. Let me let me see. I probably didn't, but I will look back on it. Yeah, like go into my YouTube studio right now and like make sure. But I mean, yeah, like I've I've described this multiple times on this podcast that many of you may know, but like towards towards a little bit of end of sophomore into junior and then senior year, I just really fell out of fashion design. 
And it took me, it took me longer than you to realize that because you automatically knew that in freshman year that it wasn't for you and you switched out of it and then you pursued a different path. Whereas now I'm like finding myself graduated with a fashion design major, did my whole undergrad in fashion design, and now I don't want to work in fashion design. So it's like, I'm not saying that like I'm screwed, but mm-hmm. it, it's a bit of a harder transition for me. Right. And I and I realize that now when I'm job hunting and, and looking for other stuff that's not fashion design. So it's a little hard. Long but time. A yeah. lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. I feel like besides a couple of, not even a couple of people, just so many of the friends that I do talk to who started in fashion design, they're not doing design anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's not to say, like, I have so many listeners on here who are fashion design and who reach out to me all the time and inquiring to me about fashion design. Mm -hmm. And I I really, I do wish that I could, like, provide more information on, like, the fashion design aspects of things, but it's just, like, it's not... Right. I I just, like, I am not even pursuing it, so I don't Mm. feel passionate about it anymore. But in terms of, like offering my experiences in like fashion design school I did go throughout four years of undergrad so like I can provide a lot of information on that yeah just right now if people are asking me like oh what are fashion design jobs like in the industry or like what is it like looking for a design job out of college like I I, I don't know if I can help on that it's mm-hmm. like right but I mean still like you've been through so many of the just cycle of finding a career trying to establish yourself yeah. so there is value yeah. in that you know, oh yeah because there are people yeah, freshmen sure. like yeah I remember coming in you don't know anything mm-hmm. and you have this sort of unrivaled optimism which is great but you know there's so many so many things to learn um and I also found I did make that video private but I just made it public again you so. did yeah it got 40k views I didn't know That's I'm fine. glad because it, it, it is a really important video and also like I always I think I've like told I think I've, in so many of my episodes on this podcast, have mentioned it so many times, but, like, I'm very candid with you guys. I'm, like, if you want to do fashion design, you have to be very serious about it. And that's something that you say in your episode. You're, like, you see all these people in design and they're super passionate about it. They're super, like, you know, they know so much and they want to learn so much and you just weren't feeling that. So you were, like, mm-hmm. maybe this isn't for me. Yeah, it's it's really because... Of course, every I find that every of course every industry is very competitive. But at least from you know older peers that already went through college before starting college, like ourselves, they said the same thing of you know it because it's so competitive. The amount of passion you'd have to surpass all of that it would take a very special kind of passion. Yeah, that I feel. And I'm not gonna lie, I took that with a very very grain of salt. Mm-hmm. I think when I first listened to the YouTube video, and then when you when I first talked to you. Mm-hmm. But I think I knew it in my heart that I didn't feel it 100%. And it wasn't until later on where it started to bite me in the ass a little bit. Because then I was like, oh, mm. shit. Like, as as it's getting more serious, shit's getting more competitive. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone's creating their thesis collections now. Like, what? And I, I'm not feeling passionate about it. I'm like, there's only a cert- to a certain extent where you can ignore it. Then mm. after that, it's like, you, you can't or else you're going to be miserable your whole entire life. So... What were your thoughts on that, though, of the passion that you had for fashion versus, you know, you want to not be in design? Because I have my own thoughts about that, too. Yeah, no, I realized that the two were separate. I think, like, the whole Mm -hmm. time when I was younger, like, younger. (laughs) A couple years ago. Yeah, but it feels like I was so young. I felt Mm -hmm. like the two were, like, intertwined. Like, I felt like Mm -hmm. design and fashion generally went hand in hand. 
and now it's like I feel like it's so different because I am not passionate about design at all like I don't want to design I don't I don't want to do fashion design I don't like the technical aspect of it I don't like even making clothes anymore which is honestly sad to hear because that used to be like my life but I'm so passionate about fashion and the industry in general like I want I will never change industry even no matter how hard it is or if I don't know what to do in fashion I still I always tell people they're like what do you want to do then after this I'm like all I know is I want to work in fashion. That's all I know. I can't tell you what I want to do, but I want to work in fashion. So I already know that my passion for fashion industry is like, will always be strong. And I think that's what, right. that's what I was feeling in freshman year. It wasn't because I was, I liked fashion design. It was just my love for fashion in general. Yeah. And I still think, although, you know, you're not pursuing design anymore, but because you did go to Parsons, you're around all these people who have good connections. You're in that environment mm-hmm. in New York City. Mm-hmm. It's still that, I think that attitude of that creative aspect is always going to stay with you and translate. Yeah. Plus, it's even this whole college thing. It's not so much about the education, but it's more, I think, being in the, that, that environment where you can push yourself to figure out what you want to do and yeah. pivot and stuff like that. So, yeah. 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 I do wish throughout my time at Parsons that there was more, like, flexibility to try other things. Yeah. I, I wish they expanded it beyond fashion design, like fashion business, yeah. but really push that more because fashion design, I no, it, it's like the basis for any fashion company, but I think having a bit more stronger majors for yeah business or marketing specifically yeah. in fashion would, would have been very yeah. beneficial to the school. I feel like I'm so, it's so easy for me to point out things that schools do wrong like I feel like if I if I were to I'm like I, I don't know why but I yeah. feel like I could say like if I were to start my own fashion school like no mm. shade to, no shit to Parsons but like I feel like I could do a better job because oh, I know no, I know sure because I know exactly what people want yeah it's like what people feel like they were missing and, yeah 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 because I feel like there are so many things that me coming out of Parsons that it didn't prepare me for like what like what are some of those things where you expected like oh like this is gonna this was your expectation of going to this great fashion school and everything, but, you know, what did you learn instead and what were those discrepancies? Well, weirdly, um, you would think that they would teach you this in school, but they don't really, like, they don't really, like, ever tell you the truth about the industry. Oh, yeah, they that, don't. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not just talking sense. about fashion industry. Even, yeah. even tech industry or hospitality industry. Like, well, I don't know why. It's like schools are, like, keeping it a secret because they don't want you to, like, you, do you know why? Be prepared. I mean, it's, I mean, first off, it's just like. Then again, th- these are all just perhaps Theories? assumptions. Oh, okay. But I hear things of first of all, college is first and foremost a business, not an institution for education. Mm. And I also find just the concept of fashion is, it, the way it appears to me is that it's a very you know you're trying to put on like this image of luxury or extravagance mm-hmm. or or whatnot. And breaking that with the reality, the harsh reality of what happens, mm. like a lot of interns go unpaid. So many of my, yeah, the, all the internships that I did were all unpaid, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. it's kind of like you're trying to break or keep that image. Oh, so they purposely, you think they purposely don't do that? They purposely don't like tell you what it's like? Yeah. Yeah. It's all just like, oh no, you know, you're going to come and you're going to be creative and stuff. And like, yes, you're doing all that. But yeah. at the same time, if you want to be, <sighs> if you want to, if you want to be like successful post- <laughs> college yeah you have to mm-hmm. remind yourself of the reality of what's gonna happen yeah you know how can you you could be such a great designer but if you don't know even basic 
you know, things of marketing your, your business or, mm-hmm. you know, connecting with other people. It's like all these external things that will help propel your business forward, your brand forward. It's, that's not supported. Yeah. I heard s- similar things for Central St. Martin's too. Yeah. No, but that's why, like, that's why your you and me, our, like, our content or our storytelling does so well. Because we're, we're showing a side of it that's, like, that people, that people who are, who aren't not working in it yet or haven't been exposed to it yet mm-hmm. can see what it's like. I get DMs and people reaching out to me all the time about when they listen to my episodes because I, I'm very candid. Like, yeah. when I talk about my work experience, I'm very specific. I talk about what... That's good. Yeah, I talk about what talk happened. About yeah. yeah, I talk about what happened. Like, maybe some... I Maybe I don't mention names or, like, specific, you know, instances, but I'll tell you, like, in my unpaid internships what I felt or what it was like. And then some people are like, oh, they, they never knew that 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 could happen yeah or they're like very shocked that that happened in the industry and i'm like it's like these are not known facts and it it wasn't known for me until i experienced it and now i'm sharing my experiences so that so the people are not like like when they experience it they're not like completely shocked and turned off by it because i don't want them to be what's the biggest then thing you would tell you know 18 year old christina about hey the fashion industry your years at parsons just What's that biggest thing that you would tell her to keep in mind? Um, I would tell her to keep an open mind and everything. And I think that's something I did when I was younger. So it's like yeah. not something that, but I, I got better at with time was mm-hmm. to like keep an open mind about everything. Right. I, like, so that includes just like tasks that I was doing during internships, mm-hmm. keeping an open mind about people that I met throughout the work in the industry, just generally just keeping an open mind and not letting and taking everything with, like, a grain of salt. Because it's just, like, mm. to succeed and to propel, I think you just have to just, like, not ignore and be ignorant to, like, what's happening around you. Yeah. But, like, kind of pushing through it in a way. And I, I, yeah, yeah. I agree with that, too, where people, you know, there's always advice that's going around. And, you know, I made that video and whatnot. But ultimately, all those things are suggestions. And I think it's all good to know and you should be aware. Mm-hmm. But don't... At the end of the day, it is your choice. Mm-hmm. Just be aware of what could happen, mm-hmm. but still, you should follow your heart of what you feel you should do at that time. Yeah, no, hundred yeah. percent. Oh, I definitely I like what you said, and like be aware. I think like like yeah. get so many different perspectives. Yes, and like even if you don't want to, like I know sometimes right. you don't. You should just like because worst thing that can happen is hey, this is the absolute worst case scenario. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't happen to you, but you should still be aware that yeah. stuff like this could happen. Like you yeah. could get backstabbed by somebody somebody could pour bleach onto the table and like try to ruin your fabric crazy stuff like that yeah 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 because then you're not surprised when it actually does happen i think getting the worst Mm. and best case scenario and then everything in between is good too right like sometimes i i think like seeing the the best side and the most glamorous side of things sometimes it can be a little deterring and like Mm. discouraging because then you're like oh shit like i want that life or i want that to be my like i i mean i follow like i follow like editors and people who I look up to in fashion on Instagram all the time and I'm like oh my god like one day I hope that's my life and like this would be (laughs) the best case scenario of someone in the industry but I think that's something to aspire to Mm -hmm. like I follow these people if you're following these people for the wrong reasons then I think like don't don't because that's gonna affect your mental health but if you're following them for the right reasons because you want to get up to that point and then it's gonna motivate you to get to that point then I think that that like that's like fine I tell people that all the time oh with this podcast now it's like how are you because the thing that I admired about what attracted me to you and I was like, oh, I really want to be friends with this girl is like you just had this vision and drive to like do things outside of school. Mm-hmm. And it, you did it. I felt like you did things in a way in a very strategic way, mm-hmm. which I really liked. For example, doing yeah. this podcast. Yeah. And like yeah. 
how was that for you? You know, you're still pursuing fashion design, but you didn't, you know, you still wanted to kind of pivot now into business more. We're doing this podcast. Just like, how's that going for you now? I think like, it, it, it can be a good and bad thing about my personality because I like, I am always, I like doing multiple things at a time and I'm a very like, I like having my hands in so many different buckets at the same time. Like even when I was at school, like to me, school wasn't, school was obviously was my priority because I want to graduate with a degree and like do well in school. I don't want to be like a bad student, but I, at the same time while I was doing school, wanted to do so many other things and had my mind, like my mind, my, I can, I can tell you throughout my life, my mind has never been a hundred percent in one thing. Mm. I'll be very honest with you. Mm. Even like, I'm going to be honest with you, even in my jobs, even if I was, I haven't had a full-time job yet after college because I've been doing freelance contracts Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But if I did have a full-time job, I would honestly, I feel like my mind would be in so many different places. Cause like, I would still want a full-time job. I'd still want to maybe make content on the side, have a podcast, maybe do like modeling on the side. You know what I mean? That's so exciting though. And I think that's becoming more of a trend actually. Yeah. I know, but my mind is in, always in so many, like, different places. And I wonder if that's, like... I am starting to see as I get older that that might be a detriment, honestly. Of having full... Just staying full-time, or...? No, just, like, my mind being in so many different places. I wouldn't... I wouldn't say that. I think it's... Well, it's not... I think it's such a strength that you're constantly... Because you're constantly wanting to, like, you know, not settle in a way. I think it comes from a yeah. place of not wanting to... You know, you keep wanting to explore. You keep wanting to see what's out there. And that's like a fire you should not yeah try to yeah you know think think is a weakness yeah. but i mean i feel like you're the same though like i see not that like, you're mm-hmm. n- you're never satisfied by one thing but you always also want to have like a lot going on would you agree with that or you don't agree with that like how would you describe yourself <laughs> um i mean i for for sure i relate to you in the sense of i admire that you're trying to do this podcast thing you know you're just like very active on social media mm-hmm. you're just trying to like i don't know kind of live life to the fullest mm-hmm. and there's a lot of ways that somebody could do that but i just was really attracted by how you were going about it yeah um but in the same way yeah i even coming to parsons the first time i had this existential crisis right after high school graduation mm-hmm. where pretty much i grew up thinking that i was never going to accomplish anything mm-hmm. but then moving to canada and a lot of good things happening towards graduating high school i thought wow like if i actually you know, really try and work for something and I'm passionate about it, you can make anything happen. Yeah. Because the difference between the gap between your dreams and reality is just action. Yeah. And that really gave me an existential crisis before going to college. So it was with that attitude of there, life is just too short to not try everything you want. Yeah. And even if you fail, at least you knew that you tried. Yeah. Because I feel like the worst thing that could have happened is in the future you were just too scared of judgment from other people you were i don't know you didn't have enough time or whatever the excuse was but then you saw like another version of yourself who was able to accomplish all those things yeah and i would have felt so horrible about it Mm -hmm. it's not that you couldn't have done it it's not that it was not not possible Mm -hmm. it was very much possible you just didn't try yeah no i literally i have i have that mindset all the time and also like um for me it's like now it uh it definitely grew expanded a lot when I like started to get older and where I'm at now but it's Mm -hmm. like if I 
want to start something or want to do something, I do it right away. Yeah, you like, kind of like hook onto it. You just want to yeah. go for it. And I just take yeah. action right away. And I literally, I for tell sure. people that all the time. I was like, my sister was telling me, she was like, oh, like, she was like, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. I want to start a podcast. I'm like, then go start the yeah, podcast. just do it. Even if, if it's just like, you know, you, you hold the phone up to your mouth. It's just like, it's something, you know? Yeah, no, like taking action. I mean, I you know how a lot of people say like, taking no action is also taking action. Or, uh, yeah, so stuff like... Or not doing not anything. making a decision is still a decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just I just think, like, if, 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 you, if you're saying that you want to do it, that obviously means that you just, like, have a desire to do it. So, I mean, just, like, just do... I think I was, like, I was talking to someone the other day on, like, a 30-minute, like, mm-hmm. calendly little chit-chat. And it was someone... It was someone who I never met before, but they're from India, and they were telling me how they wanted to start their... Um, start making their own personal brand Mm -hmm. they want because before they came out with their own brand they wanted to like first grow themselves and i was just like well start posting like be like start posting whatever you want on instagram like start getting your name out there like whatever like he was telling me about how he wanted to start it but i was just like go do it you know you know gary v right no so gary v's he's uh i believe he's specifically marketing in new york city he's Mm -hmm. a very like motivational speaker yeah and he was a one of the people that i listened to a lot before parsons and Mm -hmm kind of spark this whole thing but in terms of consecration i remember he says this really one um piece of advice he goes you know document versus create mm-hmm. because creating is all you know trying to come up with new ideas but if you're documenting your progress mm-hmm. which is also what i think has made our content relatable to a lot of people is because oh God, you know you're just talking about the real stuff that's happening and yeah. you're not saying at least for myself like that you don't know everything that you've made or whatnot, yeah. but whatever things have happened or whatever things you're currently going through, even yeah. if it's not ideal, like, yeah, I'm trying to look for a job too. And it's really stressful. Yeah. Oh wait, I love it's, that you said that, yeah. that actually, that just like changed my whole perspective on things because it, as a creator, I think. Document versus create. Yeah. Because yeah. I realized that over the last couple of months to maybe even a couple of years, I haven't been, I don't think I've been creating, I've been documenting and it's so much more sustainable, too. You're not burnt out. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, but that's really interesting that you said that. Because, like... I mean, yeah. I gotta take my own advice, too, because I kind of, like, took is, but... No, no, no. Re- yeah, I yeah. think you I think you do have to take your own advice, too. No, I, I, I for sure do. It's, yeah. A, I think a big struggle of it is... It, I think having a better environment of just creators is good. That's why I literally had, like, your name on my whiteboard. Because yeah. I'm like, these are all the people that are in content. I just want to, yeah. like, surround myself with that energy. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I definitely, like, literally write that on the wall for you if you need to, because before you even said that, I feel uh-huh. like I was I was doing that before I even knew that I was doing that. Mm. Like, me sharing on my story about, like, being unemployed, I was, like, not afraid to say that. I loved how you said that, because no, 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 ta- no. it takes guts. It takes I'm not guts. gonna lie. Actually, like, I feel like my boyfriend was like, oh, like, oh my god, you, you, you told everyone that you were unemployed? And it, it, it's just, like, I get it. No, no, no. And, and I didn't do that to be like, oh, look at me, guys. I'm unemployed. <laughs> no, but like, no. people who know you know. Yes. Yeah. It, it was more like, it was more like, I feel like I'd, for so many years, and I think people know me, even close friends or even people who I've never met before, mm-hmm. when they see my stuff, they're like, oh my God, she has her stuff together. She has her job at Cup. She was doing Dior. She was in Paris. She's like, oh my God, she is, she's so busy. But now I'm mm-hmm. saying like, I'm, I'm truly unemployed. Like, I'm literally telling you on this podcast, I'm not doing anything right now. Mm-hmm. No jobs lined up. Nothing. Not even... Mentorship is done. Nothing. So, like, I'm, I'm truly documenting my life as it's <laughs> happening right now. And I'm not... And, and I know that the persona of me is, like, 
oh my god always doing stuff for her career always on top of it has a job right after another yeah but no it's to show you even even a person like like me who's always on top of that right now it, I'm, I am unemployed because it's yeah. a reality situation and it, it right now it's not it didn't work out and I don't have a job right now yeah really it's so funny how you would think if you're younger and you're looking at to these adults like oh yeah stuff like I don't know that can you do a car accident or whatever unemployment yeah. that can't happen to them but really it's once you just go throughout life and you have these experiences you just realize sometimes it is just what it is yeah it's just stuff happens no and actually like I got it dm the other day yeah from someone i knew and it was like and it was kind of disheartening because i was like i don't want people to think that way it's like they were like oh no if christina's unemployed then it's done for i us. get that i get that because i get the same messages too right of and like, I'm just like ux no, job like yeah. no i mm. am like first of all it's not the right everyone has a time and a place for everything right now is not my and i, I was telling sharon yesterday last night when we were having like these deep conversations like i truly think that everything happens for a reason mm. which is a very mm-hmm. And I didn't start thinking about this positively until like a few, a couple of months ago. But truly, I literally was unemployed. Obviously, I had my moment. I cried a little bit because I was like, oh shit, what do I do? My situation, money's not coming in, right. whatever. But I was like, I think there's a reason right now that I'm unemployed. Like, maybe it's a reason for me to try something new. Maybe it's a reason for, mm. maybe I'm going to meet someone while I'm unemployed and then stuff's going to change. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, when people say these things, I'm like, no, right now is not. Maybe it's your time, but right now is not my time. Yeah. I'm unemployed right now. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I wish I could send it to you after, but there's this Instagram account that I was following where he goes like, you are following your own path, but it's just your own. And how can you follow anybody else's? It's, you yeah. know, you, no one else can replicate the same path that you're on. Yeah. Even if you try. Yeah. Even if you try. Just... Even if I tried to replicate someone else's path, like I literally, like I, st- I stalk people's LinkedIn's all the time about like their career. For sure. For sure. You know how it like tells you like <laughs> year by year what they did. Oh yeah. And you're kind of like, oh, how do I do that? I know. Like, I'm always like, you know. when I was, uh, when I was younger too, I was like, okay, I want to be like this person. So let me see what they did when they were younger so I can yeah, kind of follow the trajectory. Yeah. Reverse engineer it. Doesn't work like that. And I can tell you right now, some of these people like the editors that I follow or designers, some of them have like the weirdest backgrounds and the completely different they, yeah, stuff. Nobody happens. ever follows like a, like a, what is it called? Like, like linear. A, yes. A linear trajectory. Everyone right. just, not everyone, but like a lot of people just like going all over the place. I think that's the beauty in it though. Yeah. I think like, of course there's nothing wrong with just having a very clear straight trajectory. Oh yeah. But at the same time hearing people, for example, in UX, they didn't even start in UX. They didn't even start in design at all. Mm-hmm. I knew... I know somebody who works at Google and he goes, yeah, no, I went to Columbia for engineering yeah. and now I'm in UX design. Yeah. And hearing stories like that, it's just, I don't know, it gives it more spice. <laughs> I think yeah. it's more interesting. No, no, 100%. And that makes me like less afraid that, because my, like my jump is not even that big. I'm, I'm, I always say like, oh my God, like it's so hard. I graduated the fashion design major, but I'm trying to go into events and marketing. Like that's, I'm still in fashion. It's not even that big yeah. of a jump. Some you, people are going from, like, girl, medical to, like, fashion. Like, so uh, I'll also say, you have no idea how lucky you are to have studied fashion design at Parsons, mm-hmm. this expensive-ass school, but yeah. still actually, you know, be in fashion post. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of people are, like, are, like they, have done that. You have to drop out. They just, they couldn't. Yeah. So, I think, I mean, like, I know you're obviously very hardworking. You know, yeah, like, yeah. kind of what to do. Yeah. And even if it doesn't feel like it, you just have that attitude of, you know, even if I don't know what to do, you do know what you're doing. Yeah. But not everybody, it kind of doesn't happen for everybody. So, yeah. I think it's really good that it yeah. has happened for you. And I kind of want to talk about that a little bit on here. Like, <laughs> Sharon and I are, like, 
low-key like not afraid about jobs yeah right not, like you were telling really. me about yesterday we're, we're just like not that, that we're not afraid about finding a job so the thing i said to you yesterday was the way i thought about it although for example like in tech i switched industries fashion to tech and mm-hmm. there is a recession right now you know mm-hmm. a lot of layoffs but at the same time what was going through my mind was there is no way that say for example a year from now you're you can't not have a job mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's no way like that option of not having a job still being unemployed for another year there's yeah. no way that can't there's no way that can happen yeah yeah no i i it, i really like obviously it's the reality of like you know are people hiring or whatever mm-hmm. but I, I think like if i would give a percentage 90 percent is mindset and 10 percent mm-hmm. is the logistics of it whether there are jobs open whatever i swear 90 percent is literally the mindset mm-hmm. when it comes to job hunting job searching um can you expand upon that like what do you mean mindset like what, what parts of it and all throughout my life i don't want to say job and internship hunting has been easy for me but mm-hmm. it has never been a struggle for me and i never looked at it as a struggle it's mm-hmm. always like this just like it's always this pleasant time and opportunity to like explore other other jobs what's out there and companies uh, yeah. and also like i don't i don't know i, I just it's all about minds i look at the job hunting um process as something that's very pleasant even when i get an interview and i get to meet people in an interview and like show my truest self and mm-hmm. why i'm best for the job mm-hmm. i i really enjoy that i don't know why that's really nice my anxiety could never <laughs> so you like you don't enjoy interviews it's more i mean now that you Okay, now I understand what you say by mindset, just, like, the way you approach it. Yeah. It's more, if you're job hunting, it's more just, like, searching for new opportunities that you can explore mm-hmm. instead of... Because the thing that goes through my mind is, like, I'm going to get judged in an interview. That they're trying to, like, find ways to, like, fuck me up or something. Oh, my God. That's, the, like, that's the, that's the worst mind that you could have, I think. Because, like... Uh, you... I do self-sabotage a lot. I yeah. really doubt myself. No, I because I what, my, what I think is that people can read you in an interview so well they can tell like going into an interview they can Mm -hmm. like so i think like when i whenever i go into the interview i go with the mindset of like i'm just having a conversation with them and just like networking with them Mm. and so then when i go into it i'm not like i'm not trying to prove myself but i'm also not trying to like oh yeah like yeah of course i get nervous especially especially if it's a job that i really want like when i was doing like the interviews for dior last Mm -hmm. year Mm -hmm. of course i was nervous because everything basically is on the line of whether or not they, I guess, kind of like you and your experience in interview, true. right? right. But I, you just, like, literally have to be yourself. Hmm. And just, like, I don't I don't know. I, don't, I never go into it thinking I have to, like, sell myself. I just genuinely want to be a relatable person with whoever I'm interviewing. I love that. I need, I need that, And too. also, also a piece of advice for interviews that I, I would say to everyone is literally be yourself. I know you hear that so often, but genuinely, no, be yourself and be your best self, though. Because mm. then if you go out of an interview... I have no regrets about my interviews with Dior. Mm-hmm. I I walked out of it thinking I could have been my best self, showing mm-hmm. my best version of myself. Yeah. So whether or not I got the job, obviously it'll be sad. Right, but I was like, right. there was nothing better I could have done or said. Yeah, because then at that point, it almost feels like dating, like, it's just you're not compatible. Yeah, You exactly. brought your best self and, yeah, it was just wasn't a match and that's fine. Yeah. Universe has other things to do. Yeah. Hmm. My brother did also say something in a way similar that was helping me with like my anxiety of this whole job thing mm-hmm. of you could be the perfect candidate but also just still not get the job yeah 
Yeah. And that's... Yeah. There's so many external factors that you can't control, so stop trying to... Oh, yeah. I started to realize that more and more once I, like... Because, like... I don't know. I also got... I also got so many people, like, in my past and people who I knew who were like, Christina, you never get rejected from anything. No. Do you... Mm -hmm. Like, they do not... Mm -hmm. What people do not see is every day... Mm -hmm. I would say... No. Every week, I apply to around, like... 20 to 50 jobs Mm -hmm. depending on what I see is available on LinkedIn or BOF or whatever and I literally only get like one to three interviews a month maybe even Mm -hmm. if if even right like Mm -hmm. so no rejection is very real even for the most like and I'm not even saying that I'm the most qualified because I'm not I'm but like even with people with a lot of experience people who are go-getters people who are who like to who like to do a lot and have their hands in a lot of things, mm-hmm. you you always face rejection. Yeah, it's it's not that if it will happen because it will. It if it if it does or doesn't happen, but it's more how you deal with it afterwards. Oh, are gonna be down put by it. It's yeah, you know, don't take it so personally as well. Yeah, yeah. and I, I hate to say it that sometimes you need to face a lot of rejection so that, that's true, <laughs> right? I th- feel like I. If you if you never face rejection, then your first rejection oh, yeah. will it's gonna will sting. I also feel that goes back to, for example, I don't know why I thought about this, but Ivy League kids, uh, Ivy League, yeah, oh. like students who go to Ivy League because yeah. you know they're just used to being the top and getting A's and everything, not really having to struggle per se. Yeah, I'm sure they have their struggles, but fairly yeah. it's easier. Yeah, but then they go to Harvard, they go to these places, and now you're with like the top one percent of all students, whatnot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they actually face pressure of oh, they're not the best anymore. Yeah. And that's yeah. why some of them, like, go through really hard stuff. Yeah. So it, it is good yeah. to be rejected and go through a lot of difficulties when you're when you're younger. Yeah. Yeah. And again, then, then in that situation, I think it's all about mindset, too. Like, if you're put in a that's position... True. Like, don't get deterred by people who who are better than you, maybe smarter than you. They like, should that be should... better than you. Yeah. Yeah. And, they're, and actually, I think it was my parents who were saying, like, you have to you when you come to terms that there will always be someone who's better than you, mm. smarter than you, mm. mm-hmm. um, quicker than you, whatever, whatever. I don't know. Then you start to you you start to accept that, and mm. I think it's I think it's kind of healthy to think that way. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, in the same way, how there's also the opposite. There will always be somebody better than you, but there's also somebody who won't be doing as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's also like knowing. I keep forgetting this, but Christina, there. Are, there are literally people who would, like, kill to be in your position right now. That's... You know? Yeah. Just, like, yeah. isn't that crazy to think about? Because yeah. I get DMs like that, too. Like, yeah. oh, like, you worked at Amazon and, like, yeah. you... Whatever, YouTube channel, whatever, all this stuff. Yeah. But when you're just going throughout life, you don't really think about those things. You're just kind of doing your own thing. But yeah. Because... you realize people who really aspire to... 100%. Because yeah. I'm in that position where I see other people and I'm like, oh, my God, I'd kill to be them. But there right. are people who think that about you. Yeah. Which, you get all these DMs, like, of course. <laughs> when it's great, when, when you actually think about that, but when you, when you, phys- when that physically happens to you, like, yes, this, uh, getting a DM of someone who's like... Or the oh, guy on the street yesterday for you. Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I don't know, David, if you're listening to this, <laughs> because you said your name to me, but yeah, um, I ran into someone on the street and they recognized me and said that they listened to this podcast. Mm. So, which was like, I literally like, like hug, <laughs> like hug this man. Yeah, no, because that just like it, you don't think about that, right? Or or that or mainly for me, what's important? It's not even about the 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 
the part where, oh, someone's coming up to me, like, oh my god, like, I'm a celebrity. No, it's more of the fact that, like, something that I just put out made an impact on someone. Yeah, you're actually, it's, that's, like, it makes it real. Yeah, mm. that's crazy to me, because, um, because David was saying, like, listening to the podcast was the reason he, he wanted to go to Parsons and all that. You did that. And that's crazy to me, and uh, it's actually, it all, it is also crazy just because, like, I do talk a lot about Parsons on this podcast, not always good, <laughs> but... No, but overall, I do I do think that my experience at Parsons was... It helped. Like I said, I wouldn't change the person I am right now. And a part of that was going to Parsons. It's, so. it's just the name. So many things came with the name. Yeah. Expectations, disappointments, yeah. student debt. <laughs> yeah. So, just like... Like, would you change the person who you are now? Genuinely, though. Or do you like where you are now? And you wouldn't change a thing. Cause like, I wouldn't change. Yeah. It's funny because I've had other people come up to me, you know, we'd hang out and they'd assume, oh, like, so you go to NYU. They would assume I'm like an NYU stern business person. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, really? You go to Parsons. And yeah. and I think it's just that expectation of your personality and whatnot and everything. But um, despite... So like even- <laughs> you, you don't... Like, do you, does some part of you wish that you went to NYU? Well... Like, I'm genuinely curious. I think just... I do think I'm pretty academic, in a sense, where... Fair. That's I, yeah, I like, you know, the the rigor of research and everything that would be more standard, I guess, at NYU. Yeah. But at the same time, although, in terms of education, yeah, Parsons, is they're not like a tech school. They're not a UX school. I literally learned all my UX stuff at a boot camp during COVID, and mm-hmm. that's why I was able to switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't gain any, you know technical experience in terms of UX for the past two years. Yeah. I've just been chilling by. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't regret going to Parsons because I still was able to get my UX portfolio done. And the rest of my years, you know, junior year, senior year this year, was just an opportunity to kind of relax, enjoy the the city, to still get to meet up with people. And if I didn't have to do more work to get to the places I want to be, like, why strain yourself more yeah and you think you would have strained yourself more in like an nyu or like an academic school i would have strained myself in a way that didn't actually contribute to my future plans because i'm i'm very clear of of where i'm going to go post yeah and it's kind of like even this whole academic rigor of why why how come all these boot camps are very up to speed with the modern world of people prefer like remote boot camps and that are a lot more affordable like the boot camp i took was 10k versus a year at parsons which is 55k mm-hmm. but it teaches you very practical skills that prepares you straight up for jobs after yeah yeah and yeah i don't i don't regret it yeah but still i don't regret it at all going to yeah. parsons i don't see myself at any other school yeah i know i know it's so weird because like i feel like if so many people who know me know that like i don't have the best things to say about my not about Parsons, but my experience at Parsons mm. and what I got out of it. But if you ask me, would I have preferred to go to like, I don't know. I don't even know what school is good for this. But like a school that's better in for like PR or like marketing or like fashion communications or something. Mm. I don't even know. Like actually during like during high school, like I was applying to like Cornell and like they have a fashion program. That's and, so interesting. Yeah, because I was like, because I was like. Should I go all in and do fashion design strictly cre- creative world? Yeah. Or should I go to, or should I pursue fashion, but in the context of like an academic setting, which would be like a Cornell fashion program? But not, it's not really like, not like in the central of the city. So obviously uh-huh. the networking and the opportunities wouldn't be right. as good. But I was like, what should I do? And then obviously like I, I did the 
you know, creative and fashion design in person. I'm glad you did. Yeah. I'm glad I did too. And also just like the people that I met, like design and fashion design will always inherently be a part of me. Mm -hmm. I will, my, my circle and the people who I know and the, the people who I've met, I know, I know a lot of designers, student designers, and that will always be a part of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, just uh, right now, it's not, it's not that, like, big and important. Yeah. Right. But still, I, I think because you went through the whole thing, it, it's still, yeah, it is a part of you. You're still yeah. going to, like, reflect on those experiences. And yeah. I don't know, at least for myself and maybe you'll relate to it's if you went to, say, an academic school, you wouldn't be happy. Oh, Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. Oh, also, like, if I went to an academic school, I don't think I would have had as much freedom and flexibility literally, literally. to do everything that I did while I was in school. Yeah. It's like, although, okay, for real, I have, I stopped flirting at Parsons, like, yeah. beginning of junior year, because I already had my UX portfolio. Yeah. I just started thinking about Parsons, or just college as a really expensive playground <laughs> to yeah. go around. No, no, literally, I did too, and also yeah. just a place to get my degree. Mm. And so, like, mm-hmm. by, by the end of it, like, Parsons to me was just, like, a means of having just, like, the title Yeah, that literally. I have a college degree. Yeah. It's, like, the safety net because people who are hiring you, they're coming from generation that it's, like, secure for them. Yeah. But yeah. I think when we, yeah. say if we become recruiters, like, our generation, mm-hmm. like, 50%, apparently 56% of, like, Gen Z don't think that a college degree is worth it anymore. Yeah. I know. I mean, I know so many people in fashion mm-hmm. who don't have degrees, mm. but but I I am glad I do have my degree. To me, I think it's like I have very I important milestones in my life, and right. I think getting a college degree, not just because my parents wanted it or because what I think is accepted, mm. to me, I think that's like a big milestone. No, absolutely. Graduating, yeah, yeah, for sure. Graduating it's, college is yeah. just like is yeah. To some people, it might not be, and that's like perfectly fine. For sure. But for me, it was like graduating college is gonna be like to me like moving on to my first apartment. Mm. you know what I mean yeah it's it's more like those official I guess definitive steps into yeah adulthood and everything yeah 100% oh yeah getting into adulthood oh um I just two things I thought about I thought of taxes because I still need to do my taxes yeah and I thought of I thought of um the student loans yeah yeah I think like okay what what are your I don't know like what is your since this episode is a little bit about like prioritizing like like being happy but also like where are you with that like what is the mm-hmm. balance between like happiness and like finances i guess oh like being... yeah happy okay yeah there's so much to that where you want to be happy with what you're doing but at the same time how can you do it i guess realistically yeah that's while supporting yourself and... i want to hear your thoughts on that because i think a lot of people in this podcast are like they want to pursue creative careers mm-hmm. but obviously the one big fear that everyone has pursuing a creative career is can i sustain a life i understand and that was one of the reasons why i decided to switch out of fashion mm-hmm. okay it's that whole year was so tumultuous and mm-hmm. one of the biggest things was you know i'm solely responsible for paying for my tuition at Parsons. Okay, yeah. All that stuff. And I remember being a sophomore thinking, okay, like, should I still pursue fashion and whatnot? I did the numbers. It was like two in the morning on a Saturday. And I was like, okay, so if, for example, I, yeah, I'm going to be probably 100K in debt after college. That's like the projected thing. And I thought, okay, so if it's 100K and the standard you know, pay off timelines in 10 years, what does that mean that I have to pay for every year, every month or so? And I also looked up the average 
salary for a fashion designer or industry. I think it was like 40, 30K or something. And I think the average monthly payment was 1K on say like a 3K, 4K monthly salary. So if... You're really crunching the numbers no, literally, there. Because it's like, I had to. Yeah. You know, c- coming from like immigrant family, just so you know, I think it, I'm thankful because it forced me to, yeah, just like, I turned so logical when I, you yeah. know, thinking about post-grad stuff and thinking that I had to make Parsons worth it type of thing. Yeah. Of if this is the reality of what's going on. Yeah. If rent was say like 1K and then like, student debt was 1k that leaves me 1k left left over yeah do i actually think i'd be happy with this yeah and i there is no deny where i agree that you should enjoy what you do and everything but considering everything else that i have going on where i want to take care of my family i want to you know provide for my future self i want to buy a house yeah if i was able to do all those things in a career that was more both more sustainable could uh had better pay would that make me happier and even though I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm excited to go to work every day. Yeah. And I thought doing the latter would be yeah more worth it. Well, what is what is your mindset on that now, though? Finding a job that you actually want to do. Yeah. And the money, like the finances. Yeah. So for now, in terms of what I'm doing, I'm so glad. I'm so, so glad I switched into UX design. It's a very in-demand job. Mm-hmm. And just like even generally, I love the fact that it's still in design. Um, there's more research aspects towards it. So every decision you make for example, an app, website, whatnot, it needs to have some sort of backing, which I liked. Mm-hmm. And more than that, because a lot of companies are expanding into the design, such as Apple, it makes me feel like, oh, I'm more, you know, yeah, in demand just as like an employee. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. finding jobs naturally would be a bit easier although even though there's a recession right now people are still hiring yeah which gives me assurance yeah and i think because it's gonna set that solid foundation for myself financially and everything Mm -hmm. then everything else i do after that can be more easily built on top of that foundation Mm -hmm. but i don't think i could have i could do other things such as traveling or shopping or even just getting you know brunch with a friend it'd be a lot more stressful if i didn't have the the basics down yeah I think those things are so important. I used to be kind of, I don't want to say naive, but I used to be like, and I know I preach this so many times on the podcast where I'm like, oh, it's so important to follow your dreams. Like, just do the job that you want to do. Yeah. And, but really you have to be, you do, now that I'm getting older and like, I'm going to move out soon. I want to travel. I want to buy my expensive things and enjoy and like buy coffee and buy lunch or whatever. I realized that it's really important to think of, you have to start thinking realistically yeah, and I think, you know, as a kid, you should still be encouraged to dr- think big and dream big. And I still think, you know, going into adult, you should absolutely do that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just kind of like working in a way that's, I guess, more educated. Yeah. More educated. Yeah. And working smarter instead of kind of like working into the open when you could have been more efficient with your time and your energy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my mindset's always changing on that, though, because I just getting, uh, currently getting out of a freelance job that... It was something that I didn't want to do, but it was very financially stable. That's I'm good. like, it, it was really good, but I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I didn't enjoy what I was doing in the job. And so I started becoming kind of burnt out and miserable. So I like, so now me going into like looking for a job again, I kind of now am going to be very strict with myself about like finding a job that I genuinely want to pursue, mm. but that will still like, 
I might have to take a significant pay cut. Right. And I might have to struggle a little bit, but I'm really, like, I already experienced doing a job that I didn't want to do that much. Mm -hmm. So this time around, I'm not going to do that because I felt it and I I didn't like it. It's good that you have that experience just to inform. Yeah. And I think for anybody listening, it really, so, so many people come from different circumstances and it depends on, yeah, like where, what you're able to afford in terms of, you know, like flexibility for career search and all that. So, like, even for us, if you're if you're listening, just take it with a grain of salt. But then again, it is you have to cater towards your circumstances and what you're you would be most comfortable. Yeah, you can't. Oh, yeah, I I I used to be so like, oh my god, follow your dreams, follow your passion. But really, now I now I'm like not changing my advice, but saying that you need to put a little hint of realism in it. Yeah, you need to think about at the end of the day, like, can you expand upon that? Like, what do you mean realism? Like. These are the things to be realistic about. Because I used to, I used to be just, and people loved it though, when I was just like, being like, literally, follow your dreams, don't settle. Don't ever settle for a job, for an internship. Like, it, you, you should always be happy in your job. But I'm like. No, I don't believe that. I, just, I'm starting just, not to believe that. Because. Yeah. I was like, the lifestyle that, like, my current, my last freelance job that oh. I was like, it was very financially stable. It was very good. But like, the role was like, not what I want to do at all and it's exactly yeah. what I told myself coming out of fashion design school that I didn't want to do mm. but I in that in that situation I had to think realistically I was like they're doing a really great offer it's a great company right I remember you told me yeah, yeah. so it's like it, that's when I started I, start, I really started changing my mindset in that regard and and in that this sense I kind of I don't want to say I don't want to say I settled because it's not settling because it was a no, great experience settling, yeah but I did give up I had to give up something for the good financial part of it. You know what I mean? Right. I had to give up a little bit of something. It's like it's like a compromise. Yeah, I think more than even compromise, I think it's just good balance. Balance yeah, of balance is not comp- yeah. Yeah, I like that better. That just concept. like you're still enjoying what you do. Yeah. And this whole like I want to talk about that thing of yeah, you got to be so passionate about your job and like job is everything. But yeah. even thinking about that I'm back- starting to realize that that's not mm. that's not everything now. Yeah, it's just like because back as a sophomore that whole premise of oh you got to do what you're passionate about and everything but I thought about it I'm like well isn't that based on the premise that work is life yeah like why else would you in in my like crudely I was like why else would you say that because I don't believe that your work should be your life I I think yeah, yeah I think you should enjoy what you do but also staying in context that we are in a capitalistic society and work is very important titles and whatnot but you know you only have so much time I, yeah, I just want free time after work. And it's like, be say if I was still in fashion working on like 16 hours a day, mm-hmm. after how many so years can you still like honestly go in and like have the same passion as, you know, just, just for starting? Yeah. So I think like you can even develop passion just from experience. Yeah. I, there's this, I believe there's this book where sometimes it's not just this, passion that floats up in the air because then that's based on feelings and feelings can be fleeting Mm -hmm. but passion can also be developed if you gain experience in an industry that is you know your where those skills are more highly in demand yeah it doesn't have to be this more that was a book you got it from a book it was a quote from a book um maybe it was too oh i think it was too good they can't ignore you by cal newport yeah yeah oh my god sharon knows all the like you're like telling me all these like quotes and like books and, like, insightful things that you've, like, read and seen on Instagram. It's, like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Just, like, Christy, like, 
this whole yeah just work passion thing you should absolutely love like like what you do yeah but difference between like versus i have to love it because then even you were passionate about fashion i was passionate about fashion Mm -hmm. but then again that was based on sort of initial interests yeah but then once you start getting experience into something you know feelings change yeah that's okay yeah but then if feelings are then in a way unstable or not as reliable then what's going to keep you towards this job yeah it should be more something stable and i thought it should be something that you enjoy thinking about and doing but you don't have to love it for it to be worth it yeah 100 i i know i always like am now i'm uh at this point now i like welcome i welcome new interests and like new and trying new things Mm. i used to be scared about doing a lot of those things because i was like oh no i don't want my whole world to change like what if i what if i like literally get a job in like i don't know what's the most random thing that's like not related to me i don't know like i mean rock climbing yeah what not directly i know that's why like i get scared by that which i i i I don't know like i'm I'm afraid that like if i like try something in like rock climbing and then i end up loving it more than fashion and then that becomes my life and that scares me i don't know why oh my gosh christina no no i know it's so bad (laughs) but that like that scares me and i'm we're just saying rock climbing like that's a random ass example i'm I'm not saying it's a good hobby that you have yeah it, it is it is but i'm i'm just saying uh maybe something more like I don't, I don't know, but, like, I genuinely, like, it kind of scares me if, like, that became more than anything that's not fashion right now, and if I fell more into it, would scare me. Mm. I don't know why. Just because fashion has become so, such a big part of my life and my past that if I had to start from scratch again, mm. I would, like, I would lose my mind because... No, I, I get it because it has been part of your life for a long time. All 22 years of my life. Right, right, right. But how am I supposed to rebuild 22 years of experience? Well, no, but, I, not since I was 22, but like I, yeah. 10 plus years of my life. <laughs> but how I think I, like, yeah. if it does, I really, really doubt you're going to totally switch to a completely different industry, such as, I don't know, cooking or culinary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even in the worst case example, even if you did, I'm sure you will be fine because all these things can be learned. Yeah. And you have that attitude to sustain you through those hardships. Yeah. Plus, it's like all these, you know, you rock climbing, having these other hobbies. And this ties back just to like, it makes your life so much more rich outside of work. It just becomes like a lifestyle of who you are. You love fashion, so you work in fashion. But you also do rock climbing. You do podcasts because you love mentorship and you love yeah. to talk to other people. And all these things could also be, you know, developing it into a business to sustain you yeah. past. Yeah. And I don't think you would have switched that thing if you didn't genuinely, like, like fall in love with it and love it. Mm, like, let's say that I did right. fall into a culinary. There, the only way I would be able to feel, like, completely giving my life to culinary is if I, like, lo- like loved it and was completely passionate about it. Right. So that's when I, I, I make the decision to switch 360. Mm. But, yeah. I'm, I'm welcoming these new things to life. Like, even when I'm job searching, like, if... Honestly, if I don't have experience in, like, this role, like, the other day, like, I saw a role in, like, uh, well, I don't know. I've been applying to a lot of roles in events now. Mm-hmm. I have no experience in events, marketing, like, but I'm still applying to them. But I still think because you just have that, it's not, you know, specifically experience in career plan, whatnot, but mm-hmm. you just have that experience of, like, working with people. Yes, yes. You know, and but, transferable. But, but actually, I wish that I could explain that to them when they see my resume, because sometimes when they see my resume... They don't think like that. They're just like, oh, there's this other resume where she has a lot of experience in that. So we're not going to like my resume. But that's why I, I, I was telling you yesterday, whenever I get to the interview, mm-hmm. I feel like that's my time. 
That's your time. Because I'm just like, I'm in the interview, I'm like, I know how this may look. Like, I have a lot of experience in fashion design, right. but everything that I've learned throughout the years in fashion industry can be applied to this role mm. and can be applied to events because right. of, of the social networking aspect, because of the project management aspect and all that. Absolutely. It's a transferable skill. Like, even there, during the boot camp thing, people yeah. who come from real estate and yeah. want to go into UX design, yeah. they have transferable skills, too. Exactly. I feel like ugh, I feel like that needs to be more widely accepted in industry and in all industries mm-hmm. i know it can be hard though obviously like you're looking at you're looking at a job in ux and there are people who have had like the most random resumes uh-huh. and you're just like they have experience but it's not exactly in what we're hiring for obviously yeah. you're going to choose the person who has more right but then again it's like just because you have a lower probability if it is what you want to do you shouldn't give up oh yeah no 100 yeah. percent. so like don't yeah it'll be harder but at the same time it's like if you, if you just know what you got to do, you yeah. just have to do it. Yeah. You just don't sure. really think about it. That's the number one thing I tell people. I Like, so many people have told me whenever they ask for my advice on, like, applying for jobs uh-huh. or, like, they're always like, oh, but this job requires five plus years of experience. I don't have that. I'm like, stop. If it's Literally, entry level, that's such a red only, flag. Do let not me tell apply you. for them. Oh, well, that, okay. Well, that too. That too. <laughs> Obviously, l- like, w- my biggest thing is when uh-huh. I'm looking at jobs, I look at the, the only thing I really read are like the jobs and responsibilities. Mm. I'm being so serious. I read it. And if I'm like, I, within reason, if I can do those and I can perform with my experience and also what I'm willing to learn, I just apply to it. I take, I take a glance at the requirements. If it's something that completely is like, you need an engineering degree, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Maybe I won't apply for it. But if it says something like, you need three plus years in public relations. If I don't have that, I'm still applying for it. Yeah, because the worst that could happen is that you say no. But if you yeah. don't even try, that answer is automatically no. And also like, also, like, if you apply for that, they assume that you read the requirements and that you have it. Mm. So so then they're like, so like if they like your resume, they're like, oh, okay, so she, meets, she must meet all the requirements because she read the requirements and she applied. Then when you get into the interview, let, let's say they ask you, so have you, so... Have you had three plus years of PR experience? I will obviously be honest, right? And I'd be like, oh, no, I don't have. I actually don't. But I am a very hard worker. I learn really fast Mm -hmm. and I'm really adaptable in like fast paced situations. And here is like my past relevant experience that I think could be good for this job. And I feel like you just convince them. Obviously, it's a lot easier than it sounds (laughs) than actually doing it. But like you just like you just have confidence in your past experiences and who right. you are and like convince them. I've done that for so many job interviews where I've been so underexperienced. I can tell you're, you're very good at articulating yourself. It's just like, <laughs> you need that. You gotta, I, you gotta finesse it. I feel like even if you are the most shyest person on the planet or the most introverted, mm-hmm. the one skill you need to have is how to pitch yourself. Yeah. And I think it's like, I think like why you're so successful at that is because you're very genuine. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're just talking like this is genuinely who I am. Like, do I yeah. have those three plus six years? Not, th- yeah, not specifically in PR. However, I've worked with Dior. 100%. I've worked with, you know. You just 100%. I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I, I, I started doing that more in interviews and it, it, it like, it hits people better. Oh, for sure. And you have and a you very can see- good personality. Oh, so. thank you. But you yeah. can see that they like light up and they're like, oh, so they, they see potential. That's what. That's what's yeah. important. It's not really about m- much about experience. It's much about the potential mm-hmm. to grow into the job and to be very successful in the job. Right. And people will see that in you. Oh, but yeah. Mm-hmm. The last thing I just want to mention was, mm-hmm. so 
we're both currently looking for jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be unemployed soon. I mean, it depending on if I could get a job before I graduate next month. But um, it's as you continue your podcast, I continue my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Did, would you ever take content creation full time? You know, <gasps> oh my God, like that's that. such a good way to end this episode. Ugh, I don't know. Like my friend told me some some good things that I want to tell you about. Oh my God. Um, that's a really great question because like I've had so many people responding to my DMs or like or my some of my friends. And they'd call me, like, an influencer. And I would cringe no, so hard. I get it. You are. But, like... No, 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 no. I'm, don't, it's no, not you the Kylie Jenner thing. No, no, it's no. It's just you're... you're it, it's like saying influencer in the sense that you're doing things that inspire people. Not, like... But then I need them to say it like that. Because to me, being called an influencer, I just... I can't. No, I get it. And it's because it's I also very, hold yeah. a very high standard to myself. Mm. So it's like, I, I like... I feel like I cannot call myself an influencer I mean, until I'm, I like, do, truly impactful. Um, do you I, know what I mean? No, I get it. I do think, like, if you call yourself, yeah, so I'm an influencer. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's so, um, because you, I, I think the, the work you're doing, the stuff, the content that you're making, it has more, you know, depth, more grip to it. Yeah. But again, I wouldn't even call myself a content creator either mm. because the way I saw my stuff, like how you said it before, right. I just document. I don't create. That's why I don't see myself. That's why you, if you said, can I pursue it full time? I don't think I ever could as a mm. job because I don't see it as a job and I don't ever want it to become a job. Me neither. I just always wanted to become, I just wanted to be my personal life story and the people who follow along with it are because they're interested in my, my mm. life and my journey. Yeah. So I don't think I could ever make it full time because it, I don't want, I, that's why I keep my, my job and my career mm-hmm. separate from my Instagram. By the same time, and I, I would just never think, like, it. your personality and the things that you're just into, because you just genuinely like fashion, it just naturally falls yeah. over into your Instagram and stuff. And that just, it just creates this whole brand of, like, who you are, like, who Christina is. Yeah. And that's what's appealing about it. Even the podcast, yeah. just, you know, you talking about things outside of career and even this specific episode, we're yeah. talking very, you know, casually. It all, it's a, it's but a good But I'll tell you in this moment, thing. yeah. in my view, I don't think I could ever do it full-time. Just mm-hmm. because I see them as very separate things. But what about you? I thought about it. It, it was that I think urge. for you, you're leaning towards it. It was more of an urge when I was younger, but I think as of now, or last year, I have this friend, Rangse, and he's a, like a film director in Toronto, and he's been doing more content creation um, and things. And I was asking about him, you know, even beforehand, can you sustain yourself if you do like more seriously creative stuff Mm -hmm. and then he goes okay another book thing there's this book apparently this singer i think eric nam eric Mm -hmm. nam has read and he recommends it to all of his fans who are trying to get into the creative field and he goes you know a lot of these whatever film directors or people in the creative industry they would have their regular nine to five job while doing their side business on the side yeah and it's more beneficial than them doing their content creation full time because there's that extra added foundation for them to draw and make content upon and because they have that their nine to five it creates a more solid financial foundation too so they're not so stressed out about making their side hustle their content stuff you know relying on that so much yeah so that's what i see for myself too like working full-time nine to five but then just drawing content from that afterwards and i'm not because i'm not stressed out since i'm not relying on content financially Mm -hmm. it makes my content even better oh my god that is a perfect way to think about it 
That is yeah. literally perfect. And, and the, the thing you're saying about drawing upon it, literally, because my, my content as of now draws upon, people are curious about what it means to be in the fashion industry, mm-hmm. what I'm doing, what, what like, what a day in my life looks like as a freelance, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And I, if I don't have a job or, or that, that to back it up, then mm-hmm. what is my content about? Then right. I'm stuck. Yeah. And then like, you know, you could just do general lifestyle stuff. But I think because, you know, it's still grounded in, I guess, typical, you know, you work a job and you do yeah. these things. It, it does yeah. make it more relatable too. Yeah. 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 No, a hundred percent. So I think, so wait, so you're saying right now, no. Right now, no. Um, It's also, I've seen it become a trend on TikTok. Like, I made a lot more friends recently who work in tech, and they do the same thing of, they work, for example, at Google, but their TikTok, they have, like, 160k followers, and they make income from that. Interested in seeing their life. Yeah, just in their life, working in tech as a woman, and they're just also doing, like, hey, what I spend in, you know, New York City. I think that's becoming more common, actually. Yeah, and I love it. It's just, like, you're just living life as a corporate girly, and you're doing this stuff, it's not stressful, it's fun. Even to this TikTok TikTok I watch, I think she's, like, a medical student. Like, she's Mm. literally going about her day to life as a medical student, but, like, she has her TikTok on the side, like... Yeah, and also she makes yeah makes bank it's crazy so i think i think that's more common now and i think that's why less people are doing like in mm, content creation as like full-time yeah because i don't see also like if like i i do need to separate it i can't right because if it's that your whole life you know it yeah and again relying on the content creation financially yeah it's gonna stress you out i'm gonna get so stressed out yeah by the end of like couple months you will hate content creation no literally i will yeah so I think it's very healthy to keep it separate right now. Right. And also, like, just, like, uh, I don't know. I see career and, like, Instagram mm-hmm. very different. Co- my, I, my career, like, I want to, like, work up the the ladder in fashion and mm-hmm. be someone in fashion. and and But not as, like, an influencer. And I don't want to be titled as an influencer. I don't want to work my way up as an influencer. I want to yeah. work my way up in in the industry. But naturally, Christina, as you do that and you just document your stuff, you're living your life, you are just naturally just going to gain. Yeah, Yeah, no, same thing. Because when I started, you know, working at these bigger tech companies, like, Mm -hmm. my following grew so much. Yeah. So same way, like, anybody else watching, just, like, literally document what you're doing. iPhone. My first YouTube video that went, that did really well, you know, back in 2018, I filmed it on Samsung Galaxy. Yeah. Just start with something. Just document. No one else is really judging you. They're not really judging you more than you. Yeah. You think. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, that was that was a great way to end the episode. <laughs> Sharon, thank you for coming on here, and I hope My everyone loved this. Like so listening to this conversation as much as I liked having it, because I, Sharon and I, every conversation we have, I feel like I learned something out of it. Oh, likewise. So yeah. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Sharon. <laughs>